Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Mark Sheeran and I will be talking today about how people fully break free from the addiction and recovery trap. We, along with our colleague Stephen Slate, wrote the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap, and the Freedom Model for the Family. The Freedom Model offers a completely different approach to addiction, and we offer a real solution that's individual-centered. We offer two ways to learn the Freedom Model in private, one-on-one classes, and that is at our beautiful St. Jude Retreat and through our at-home Freedom Model private instruction program, which we do via video conference. You can get information about these options at thefreedommodel.org and soberforever.net. We, we've had some questions recently about, you know, do you need willpower in the first, um, in the first few, you know, weeks, days, or weeks, or even months that you're trying to change your substance use habit? And a lot of people mistakenly think that you have to just kind of power your way through it in order to change it, and that's that's a misconception. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, first of all, I'll be coughing a little bit because I have allergies like crazy this year. Um, so, uh, people get, get lost in this idea that it's a matter of strength, um, that, that a certain class of people doesn't have the same amount of strength that the person who doesn't do drugs or can moderately use drugs or alcohol, uh, has. So, um, it's not a matter of strength. Let's start out with the objective truth and, that is that addiction isn't a force that you fight. No, right? either inside you or outside you. It's not about uh, being triggered into using. It's not about denying yourself um, something that you really love or really want to do. It's not about any of those things when you're trying to stop it. If, if you are struggling in that way, it's because of a logical error. Yes. And the logical error is that addiction <clears throat> is is a force to be reckoned with. It's something outside of you or in your brain tissue or some almost like a virus, a disease, right? We know it's not a disease. We've talked about that a million times. Um, but when you make it a matter of strength, you are reigniting this idea of disease, whether you know it or not. Because yes. you're creating a straw man. You're creating an entity out of this thing called addiction. And addiction is not an entity. It is a preference that you internally hold. It's, it's a belief system that drugs or alcohol are something you need for your happiness. So when you start uh, making the decision to quit or to moderate, but let's just talk about quitting because it's yeah. easy because it's sort of binary. So you've decided to quit and you're suddenly struck with what you might consider cravings. You might feel uh, triggered. There's this idea of being triggered to use. Um, there's all kinds of uh, feelings you might have. But underlying all of it is this idea that I want this drug in my life and I feel like, oh my God, I have to resist it. If you feel that way, you're still caught in the trap. You're caught in the myth trap. You're caught in a belief system that is not empirically true. You're caught in believing something that is logically incorrect, scientifically wrong, and that is that addiction is an entity. 
it is something that that addiction is some criteria that you're broken and there is i know i'm going to say this very clearly there is absolutely nothing wrong with you when it comes to your preference for use it's based in logical errors and and let me explain what, what what i mean by that one of them might be that i need cocaine to perform better at work or to be social or to have sex or to stay up and work three days in a row Um, now which one of those things might have some validity it would be the one option that i just mentioned that is physical and that is it might help you stay awake because a drug works in the physiology of your body and but even then, there comes a point when you have to go to sleep. Yep. Yep. So it, but <laughs> it can only take you so far. That, well, that's, that's absolutely true. So it's very limited in its scope of what it can do. But the rest of these things, which are very powerful motivators to take a drug. Yes, for sure. Um, are actually incorrect. They, it, uh, cocaine can't make you more social. It can't make you do something because it can't come out of the body and enter the realm of the mind and change the content of your thoughts about being social. So that's your belief that does that. That's right. So here's what is actually happening. And I'm going to use a term that's kind of funny. We interpret drugs. We interpret a sensation in our body, but we interpret it with our mind. In our mind, we experience things. And so we experience, oh, I'm high right now. I'm speeded up with cocaine. And so now I get to be social because, but we give the credit to the drug when it's not the drug doing it because a drug doesn't have a mind of its own. So it can't enter your mind and negotiate with your mind. It can't do that. So what is actually happening? You have a belief and the term is you are mentally masturbating. You're literally thinking about your own thoughts and you're manipulating your own thoughts to believe that the drug is doing something it can't do. That's mental masturbation. You know, within yourself, you're, you're literally just believing something about the drug that isn't true, and you're wandering around in your mind giving credit to the drug when it's not the drug at all. It's you. It's you thinking that the drug is doing this, and therefore you make it true. And here's, here's one way that I, I help people to see the logical fallacy, okay, that somehow they're still craving and wanting something that they really don't want anymore. And that is most people who have developed a drug or alcohol problem have tried multiple substances, right? I mean, very rarely do we solely focus on one substance. We've all tried at least a couple different substances. Now, some people have had to take opiates for a period of time because they went to the hospital. And, And so I'll ask people, I'll be like, did you try a substance you didn't like? Did you try a substance and you didn't, you didn't keep taking it? And now, if the whole addiction thing were real how did you stop taking that substance that's a great point you know because because there were plenty of substances i did not like amphetamines i never liked them same it it, it, they they did not have an allure for me i didn't like the way i felt on them um i didn't i liked mushrooms but i didn't like acid didn't like it at all you know so the thing about it is is if addiction were real if we had these addictive personalities, then anything we tried, wouldn't we be hooked on it? 
wouldn't once we became an addict, wouldn't every drug do that for us? And by and large, it, it, to to a man, I think um, everybody has one drug that they were like, nah, that didn't do it for me. Or they had a drug that they really preferred, but there was that night or two in the middle of binges and things like that where you say, I don't want to do it tonight. <laughs> that, that's you know? the other point. That is the other point. And like, we tend not to, really feeling it tonight. <laughs> that's right. But the narrative doesn't allow for that. And so when we have the narrative that addiction is this chronic progressive illness that takes over our broken brain, when we start to believe all this nonsense, we start to frame our past in that. We start to rewrite our past, which we've talked about in other podcasts as well. And we start to say, oh, no, I, I've always, once I start, I can't stop. And, and once we start to believe that, we start to manifest that. Absolutely. Again, mental masturbation. We start to create our own craziness. Yeah. And, and we start to create the concept, the construct, the mental construct of an addiction that overtakes us. And that, that self-image of the addict is so damaging so. because you manifest your own reality. And... None of it is objectively true. It's all just a creation of your mind based in beliefs that are cultural, yeah. that you've been taught. And so even and yeah. the thing is, you take on that belief even in the face of a ton of evidence in your personal life that disproves it. Yeah. Like but that happens to everybody because I can remember going going to my first meeting and and somebody saying something that seemed true to me, which was yeah, did you ever go to the bar and you were only going to have one or two drinks and then you find yourself eight drinks deep and you're like, oh, yeah, well, how did that happen? And you think about that time that that happened. And for me, it was many times that that happened. And that like, so all of a sudden you have this logical fallacy that, oh, I must have been out of control in retrospect. When if you really looked at that night, for me, I never had intentions of having two drinks. I may have said that on the front end so I could you know, convince myself that I'll be the designated driver. But but I I did not have a preference for two drinks. Or what about the time that you had the preference for two drinks? Then you had the third and you said, oh, oh I yeah, wanna... I'm done tonight. Or I'm going to have more, <laughs> right? Yes. It goes both ways. So, it does. So I changed my mind doesn't mean you're powerless. No. Just because you changed your preference that night doesn't mean you're you're, you're powerless over what happened. It's that, that last or part. Or that I had a lack of willpower. That's right. I, I, I didn't have a lack of willpower. I changed my mind. My preference was for intoxication, not for a mild buzz. That's exactly right. So it, it doesn't take willpower to stop yourself from doing something you hate. It, you know, so ever. Right. Or that you, that you just don't feel like doing that particular night. We had, you know, we, we talked about this in our lot recent live. Um, you know, we had somebody say, you know, I've been moderately drinking and I've been doing it successfully, basically. Uh, but I have to stop myself because I want more. And so it feels like a willpower situation when really it's deliberation. And, and if he frames it that way, if you frame it as, you know, I could have more drinks and I would get drunk and there are benefits to that. Or, you know what, I could stop now. I could enjoy this buzz and feel better tomorrow. You know, if it's the way that you frame the decision it is, has, is where the power lies. Because if you frame the decision like I'm denying myself what I really want because I have this addict brain that, that's hell-bent on my destruction. I mean, do you see the 
the fallacy in framing it that way. Yeah, when me and Steve have talked about this, we talk about there's either, uh, excuse me, I got a cough. (laughs) There's either one mind, yours, and you're making decisions, you're in control, you're making choices, or there's a dual mind, or even there's a triple mind, and that is you have your what you want, then you have the addict brain, right? The addict mind that's making decisions for you. And then you have the addiction itself, which is an entity that causes us to use. And you could even go into a fourth mind. And that is, uh, then we have life factors that trigger us. I mean, my God, really? Really? You're going to split yourself up into that many personalities? (laughs) Maybe, maybe, just maybe you have one mind that's interpreting all of this information in a logically incorrect way. And you get the just rewards of that by having what's called an addiction. It's not really an addiction. It's a habit, uh, a confusing habit based on the, on the preference that you've built, yeah. based on the benefits. So what's the key to this? What is the key to letting go of willpower? It's challenging the benefits. That's it. And understanding you are the only one in there making choices and that addiction isn't something outside of you addiction is a habit that you have created within the confines of your mind yeah there's only you there so so if you get to that point and and you know people uh, trust me when i say it took us almost 30 years to build this okay because we came from came from i mean mark and i grew up in aa we grew up in the cults and, and we grew up thinking these things. Now, we just were those kids that questioned everything and, you know, probably were the bane of our parents' existence. Um, so, so even when we went into AA, we, we, we held on to a lot of our autonomy, um, which propelled us to doing what we're doing today. But we still had to take all those years to figure all this stuff out. So if you're somebody that's coming in and you've spent, whether you've spent six months in AA or six years or 40 years in AA, um, you still got to debunk all this stuff. And reading through our book once may not do it. It may not do it because you're the first time you're reading through it, you're bringing in all of these beliefs you already have. And so you can read through that whole book and, and still miss so much. It's kind of like when you watch a movie like, like M. Night Shyamalan's movies. You kind of got to watch them a couple times because you miss a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and so that's what it's like with the freedom model is you are plugged into literally a matrix, a cultural matrix of beliefs around substances, around addiction, and around people your and your mind yeah. um, that are incorrect. And so so sometimes it takes it takes reading two and three times to figure it out. So somebody that's struggling with willpower, what they're struggling with is a belief system that they're still an addict, a belief system that the drugs have powers over them and a belief system that they're broken. That's what you're struggling with. So, so the, so if you find yourself there and you're thinking I need willpower, then you do need to go back and reread. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, in the beginning, it's interesting. Well, let, let, let me back up. So if you struggle to read and understand and absorb what you're reading, there's a lot of people like that. Oh, yeah. 
So just know that we have uh, free to model private instruction where you can learn over Zoom from the comfort of home uh, our program. Yeah, on your schedule. Yep. A couple classes a week. They last maybe 60 to 90 minutes and... Um, and it, you can, it's, it's really helpful to talk with us directly. And that's all one-on-one. So there's nobody else involved. You're not on some, uh, zoom group or anything like that. Um, and then there are also options at our retreat where people come in and they stop life for a while and they sit down with us one-on-one and they completely immerse themselves in this model and get deprogrammed from, uh, the matrix that Michelle just described. So, uh, and you leave here free. You yeah. leave with the full understanding of this game that you're playing within yourself with misinformation that's killing you and the trap. The other thing, the byproduct of, of that kind of an education in the freedom model is that you are actually free. You're free to make choices in, in an informed way without any of the mythology playing into that narrative. Right. You suddenly write your own script. You're able to move on with your life. And you can do so without fear, without um, any ideas of relapse, which is just a bunch of nonsense. Um, you know, relapse is a disease term. Yep. So, so yeah, you can, you can completely get over this. And there's several vehicles to do that if you struggle to read. Now, either way... Um, you should read the book. It's it's. Well, we also have the audio book coming out in the week. Yes, this week. the audio book is almost done, and we're working on. We're very excited about the online program. And basically, what that is is it's two or three lessons per chapter, and we have you know we take out the key points in the chapter in like a um, a Google Slides kind of presentation, and you'll see Mark and I almost like a video podcast like video podcast in the corner and we go over every point in each chapter it is meant to go along with reading the book um, but it definitely would be helpful for people who struggle to read um, or struggle with their reading comprehension or attention span so Um, that's a a pre-recorded video course of learning the freedom model it'll be online it'll be an app and it'll be launched in late august so in the next six weeks. And here's and, and this we also understand and we've actually been talking about this the last few weeks. Um, you know, we, we brought it up in, a, in our recent live. We understand that when you're working through the freedom model, especially when you're just reading it at home or maybe you're doing, you know, you're watching some of our videos and, and you've got everybody else around you is is telling you how wrong this is. I mean, we've had people call us all sorts of names online. Um, and which those people will always be there. The people that, that, that go along with the crowd will always be there because it's a lot easier to go along with the majority than it is to break free from that. And so we understand that. And that's why we're developing what we are calling the freedom model coalition. Now, don't be mistaken. We're going to give you more information about that going forward. But don't think for a minute that that's a support group to help you to stop drinking because it isn't or stop drugging because you don't need that because you're not weak. What it is and what it's going to be is is a a group of like minded people who are ready to replace the current treatment paradigm. That's right. We're not about fighting treatment. We're not going to fight AA. We're not going to do any of that. Uh, We did that for a really long time. And. And it's a David and Goliath situation. The only way 
to beat them is to replace them. That's right. Just move on from that paradigm to a paradigm of uh, empowerment within the individual. Yes. Because you were born with every single thing you need to get over a drinking or a drug problem. That's right. You were born with autonomy, your own thoughts, your own privacy within the confines of your mind. You're, you were born with free will, the ability to choose anything you want. Yes. And you were born with the desire and the pursuit of happiness, which is the positive drive principle. And these three qualities of the human psyche are what give you the capability uh, to create an addiction within yourself yep. or to let go of one. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of it. See, you've created your own addictions within yourself. That's where they lie. It's a belief system. So why wouldn't you be able to undo that belief system? It doesn't matter if your brain is changed. It doesn't matter about neuroplasticity. It doesn't matter about the circumstances. It doesn't matter about, you know, whatever it is that you believe uh, you need in your life. What it comes down to is, what do I believe about this drug? What are the benefits I perceive it's giving me? Are those per perceptions reality? Do I get those, those benefits? And if not, maybe I'd like to move on from that drug problem. Yeah, I want you to think about um, what, what Bill R Wilson created when he, when he you know, told people they were powerless, okay? He created this slippery slope. And, and what, what I mean by that is if you are powerless over what you ingest into your body, then what do you have power over? Right. Because now, now in what we've seen is now we're 80 years down, down this road of powerlessness and now people are powerless over everything. Yeah, they're powerless over their depression, their moods, their anxieties, they, I their mean, stressors. They tried to say that it was, well, alcohol dependence means you're powerless, which it doesn't. It just means you have the presence of withdrawal symptoms. But if that's the case, it's, if it's chemical, then, then why am I powerless over sex? Why am I powerless over shopping or, or gambling or food or all these lip balm? There's a lip balmers anonymous. Um, so so any, if, if any behavior is capable of taking over the human psyche, then every behavior is. Right. And, and actually, Jeffrey Shaler said that in his book, Addiction is a Choice. He said either everything is addicting or nothing is. Right. And he's absolutely right. So, so the question is, look, at if you want to believe, if you want to hold on to that idea that you have these two, two brains or two minds and, and there's a battle waging inside of you, you certainly can hold on to that idea, but no, you're making a choice to yeah, do that. Yeah, you're literally mentally masturbating. You're creating your own battle within yourself. And you're doing it with an imaginary force that's outside of you that you have believed in. That, my friends, is a religion. And yeah. that's why we call it an addiction and recovery religion. You are totally mistaken. It's not true. It's not you know, objectively true. This isn't something that, that happens to you. Addiction doesn't land inside your body. It's not like that. So, um, so yeah, it's important to know the truth so that you can be free within yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Because if you can't fix you, then nobody can. I mean, that's what it comes right down to. If you, um, it takes, which we said yesterday, it takes a change of mind. You need to change your mind about yourself and your own individual autonomy 
and powers um, and abilities. You need to change your mind about substances, about what they can and can't do for you. You need to change your mind about addiction completely. If, is it a thing? Is it not a thing? Or is it just my preference for being intoxicated? You know, I like being intoxicated. That's all. And eventually, see, you'll know when you get it because it gets easy. Yeah, that's exactly right. It does not. When, when the struggle, when you let go of the struggle, you can only let go of that struggle when you let go of the straw man. Yes. This idea that there's an addiction that's out there, a nebulous force that you're battling. And the only thing you're battling is the mistruth that there is something out there that is not you. Or the mistruth that your brain is somehow broken and that your brain runs the show. And when in reality, it's your mind. And your mind isn't broken. No. It's just mistaken. Exactly. It's mistaken with bad information. That's it. And that's keeping you trapped. You're keeping yourself trapped. Yeah, I had, we had one of, one of our haters online was like, and I suppose you have the right information. I'm like, yeah, because we actually looked at the research objectively. And, and you know, we came from the 12-step the model. That's where we, we grew up. And, and we started looking, we wanted to see how it worked. We wanted to prove that it worked. Yeah, we spent 12 <laughs> years trying to build a better AA, and we couldn't because we, the, the, it's wrong. Because the fundamentals of it are completely botched. <laughs> like, like, we were like, holy shit, this is all wrong. Oh, yeah. This is a cult. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm like, yeah, we do have the right information because we objectively looked at the research, and we were like, oh, nine out of 10 people get over the problem. And they don't, most of them don't go to rehab. And That's and, interesting. And it's self-evident. We all know the guy, everybody is so funny. I'll get somebody in class and yeah. I'll give them the stats and then they go, oh, yeah, my Uncle Tom, he was a rip-roaring drunk. And yes. then one day when he's 60, he just stopped. Like, he just stopped. He said, you got to get your shit together, son. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he figured it out. <laughs> he figured it and out. And I mean, I've, like, I've talked to people and I did it myself. Both Mark and I went through detox on our own. We didn't go to... You know, not now with alcohol, I recommend going into a detox or at least getting evaluated because it's dangerous. Um, but we went through detox on our own, didn't drink again, and then went to AA later. You know, like it didn't even occur to us that oh, I already did stop. Yeah, we, we assumed that there was some formal thing, some recipe, some recovery recipe we we're supposed to do, some protocol that was necessary to remain abstinent. We got sucked into the cult. And this happens to millions of people millions. across across the world every day. So, um, so know that you don't need willpower. Willpower is sort of a construct that we have created uh, to absolve ourselves from the responsibility of these things that we've created ourselves within ourselves. And we're embarrassed by the things that we like. Yeah. And, uh, and We're not allowed to say we like certain things. Like cocaine um, or yeah. Jack Daniels or whatever. And the truth is people have liked intoxication forever. Yeah. They, forever. And then they age out because with age comes wisdom. And yep. your preferences change. Just allow them to change. It's really okay to let go of this. But if you can't, or it seems like you can't, then you need to read the book so that you can challenge the, the, these beliefs, understand the objective truth, and then make the decision of whether you want that or not. Yeah. Watch the video. Well, you know, the YouTube channel has a ton of videos on it. Um, watch our videos. Listen to our podcasts. Really begin to run the experiment with yourself and challenge yourself. How much do I still really like this activity or is it boring to me now? Um, because I guarantee once you start looking at it more objectively and less like a lover in love, 
um, you will, you'll be like, oh yeah, okay. Yep. This is what it does. Doesn't really do all these things that I think it does. Um, and maybe it's not that great anymore. And maybe just maybe I can start focusing on the benefits of abstinence. Yeah. And, and look at, again, if you struggle, if you read the book and then you struggle, for God's sakes, just call us. Yeah, just we were there. And, and we can help you by doing different classes. You just might need somebody to bounce your ideas off of and problem solve this in a different way than just reading. Um, a lot of you will get it just by reading the book. Just look at Amazon, look at all the reviews, and you'll see that people's lives have been changed by reading the book. But there's a lot of you out there that, that are, are like, like us. Me. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. That that need that extra help and somebody to bounce these concepts off of and and dig dig in deep. And you may also, if your life is a real shit show like mine was, you might need to come to the retreat, stop the Just crazy, take a break. Yeah, yeah. And it's a wonderful place. You'll love being here, and we'd be honored to help you. Yeah. Yeah, our only goal is to help you to figure this out and and help you to get to a a point in your life where you know you are totally in control. That's the goal. That's what success looks like. Okay, I think that'll be it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or an other habitual behavior problem, or you want help breaking free and moving past recovery as well, you can reach us at 888 424-2626 or through our website, thefreedommodel.org, leaveaddictionbehind.com and soberforever.net. At thefreedommodel.org, we offer a bunch of free resources and information, including videos, these uh, podcasts, and eBooks. You can get digital editions of our books for free at thefreedommodel.org. Um, just type in coupon code FREEDOM 100 spell out freedom and the number 100 at checkout and and then you can get those digital downloads for free um there's also the family book on there which you i highly recommend giving to your family uh, so that they can understand exactly what you're trying to do um you can follow us on social media including facebook twitter instagram linkedin and subscribe to the freedom model youtube channel we have three Facebook groups we started for people to discuss their experiences breaking free from addiction and recovery. They are the Freedom Model, Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery, Families Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery, and they are all private groups. So if you go in there and you post something, nobody else in your friends list is going to see it unless they're in that group too. Um, there are also some great leaving AA and deep programming from AA groups on Facebook as well. From everyone here at the St. Jude Retreat and the Freedom Model, we wish you well. Until next time.